0: We're going to talk about Herod today and the wise men. We're actually going to talk about three groups of people, but we'll get to the third here in a little bit. Uh, anybody watch Dr. Seuss's Christmas classic this uh, over the break? Yeah. Huh? Cartoon or movie? Movie. Uh, movie? Cartoon. Jim Carrey movie? Yes. Yeah. Cartoon? Yeah. I saw bits and pieces of the cartoon. Um, uh, you know, it's from the book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and it's a story about... A mean old Grinch who devises a failed plan to halt the most wonderful time of the year for the residents of, anybody know the town? Whoville. Whoville. <laughs> Y'all know that better. <laughs> Whoville. So, uh, so roll that clip of, uh, of the Grinch in his every who, every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. (laughs) Now, please don't ask why no one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart, was two sizes too small. So, some of you may, uh, may know somebody like that. You might have been thinking of a person when they talk about that, right? Um, so, what we're going to talk about today is that just as the Grinch couldn't stop Christmas from coming, uh, neither could King Herod the Great prevent the Christ child from being born as the, the king of the Jews in the little town of Bethlehem. And so, in In iambic pentameter or whatever that is, I present to you a poem. Are y'all ready? (laughs) Prepare yourselves. All the kings in the east, they saw the bright star, and though they thought the journey quite far, they loaded their camels with gifts for the baby, and one of them said, let's rest a while, maybe. Let's stop at that castle and we'll see. Speak to the king, and maybe he'll come with us, and more gifts he'll bring. This king was cold and had dirt in his soul, but he listened to the men and their prophecies old. He was afraid for his kingdom and his wealth and position. He smiled in their faces, but he feared their premonition. He said, Come back to the palace when you've found this new child, and I'll worship him too. And then he just smiled. For Herod knew full well what he was becoming. He'd be the king who stopped Jesus from coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So there's more at the end. So, uh, So let's talk about Herod. Herod, historians have researched Herod. They know almost everything about Herod. There were so many details about Herod that I could not include because you would not be able to go eat lunch afterwards. That's how, on the one hand, how brutal he was, but then he died this horrific, nasty, gnarly death, right? And uh, so I can't tell you all of that. He was born in 73 B.C., um, and his family had power, and they were already you know, on top of the world, ruling people, and Herod came into that. And while Herod was in power, he got, he garnered uh, quite a reputation for just I mean extreme brutalness, uh, and so he shed a lot of blood. And anybody who he thought was even a slight threat to his to his throne, he would just kill them. He he didn't care. His favorite wife killed her. His sons killed him. And and so I mean he he didn't care. It didn't matter. He just he was bloodthirsty for power. Now, um, Netflix, it, it, let's say Netflix is coming out with a new TV series about Herod. Who is, what actor do you think of that's just, oh, he's just evil and rotten to the soul, to the core? Not in person, but, but somebody who could play that guy, Herod. Who, who, who comes to mind?
1: Al Pacino.
0: Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Somebody in the other church said, uh, who's his doppelganger? Um, De Niro. I said De Niro can do it, too. <laughs> Who? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. that guy's pretty good at playing bad guys. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Kevin Spacey? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he could do it. Yeah. I'm sure all of these guys are good guys in person. Samuel uh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> well, he's going to be in the movie. He's in every movie. So, yeah, those are good. Those are good. All right, so... Um, when, when Herod's not killing off potential threats to the throne, he's got this opposite persona. And it's very weird because everybody hates him, but at the same time, they need him. Because when, when there's a famine across the land, he's, he's got so much money, he's the one that gives everybody food. And so everybody needs him. And it was Herod who rebuilt the great temple in Jerusalem. And so everybody is like, oh, we can't stand him. He's a horrible person. But he did rebuild our temple, right? And, and when you go to Jerusalem, uh, most of the stru- ancient structures that are still standing today, those are all built by, by Herod. So this is kind of the backstory of Matthew chapter 2. And so we're going we're gonna to take a look at Matthew chapter 2. That's 12. There's two. Um, and we're going to, to walk through it uh, verse by verse. And we're going to read the whole chapter, but it'll go by pretty quick, I promise. So, um, verse verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Notice he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, these are the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the, the guys that Jesus will, will not have a good relationship with, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. This is, they're quoting Micah 5.2 here. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. So the long-awaited Messiah comes, and and he doesn't even know it. He's he's caught off guard. It's right under his nose. And then they say, well, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And and I think the video does a good job. We don't know what really happened, but but it does a good job. It's like, oh, really? Bethlehem, right? And, And so not only do the prophets of old declare that Jesus is born in Bethlehem, but the heavens declare this. There's a star that appears, and the Magi follow this. Now, let me explain to you who the Magi are. They are from a, a different culture than Israel and Jer- Jerusalem. Um, they're from the land of Babylon. And this, this area, they had people who studied the stars, and when something fantastic happened in the stars, they equated it with something amazing that happened on Earth, And so they believed all in the heavens were connected and had special alignment with events that, that took place on earth. Now, this is very important because, well, let me ask you this question before we, before we move on. Somebody tell me a recent movie trilogy, not the Star Wars movie that came out. Hunger Games. What's that? Well, no, it's That's okay, it can be four. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. How does the first movie end? How's the second movie end? Cliffhanger. Stinking movies. How's the third movie end? Cliffhanger. I haven't seen the third movie yet. Y'all just gave it away. Give <laughs> yeah. uh, <maybe> me another <coughs> one, another trilogy or The Hobbit. The Hobbit. How's it end? Cliffhanger. It's second movie. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> second movie. Cliffhanger. Right. Now, what is amazing to me, if you've seen the the, the Star Wars four, five, and six. They, they even kind of end with a, with a cliffhanger, right? And, and 1, 2, and 3 end with a cliffhanger. I won't tell you how 7 ends, if you haven't seen it. Has everybody seen it? Anybody not seen it? Not seen it, so we won't say anything. Um, so <laughs> um, it's a good movie, though. You should go see it. Uh, so here's the thing. God, if you look through the Old Testament... He has Israel and uses Israel as a cliffhanger because these guys are from Babylon. And way back when Israel was exiled to Babylon, they came from the east from exactly the same place where they were exiled. Go to that map here, uh, 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 Ryan. There we go. So this is uh, back when... Uh, Babylon came to Israel, came to Judah, they took the people and they took them all the way back to Babylon. And that's the, the route that they took. So the wise men are actually taking the opposite route to come worship the king. And so here's why this is so important. Because many Jews, when they were allowed to go back to Jerusalem, didn't go back. They stayed. And so they shared the stories of the Messiah. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. And so all of these stories are permeating Babylon for anybody uh, who's within earshot. And so these Gentiles, these magi from the east, are coming to worship the newborn king. And and notice what verse 4 tags the chief priests and the scribes of the people, right? Um, It says... That they responded to their questions, to Herod's questions. Where's where's he supposed to be born? Bethlehem, right? But in verse three, Herod responds to the Christ child with a heart that's troubled, okay? So we've got three groups of people and three different responses to Jesus' birth. Herod is troubled, he's worried about all his power and control. The scribes, the Pharisees, they're indifferent. Of all the people who should be indifferent to Jesus, to, to God, they're like, Where's he born? Bethlehem. That's what it says. All right, thanks. Okay, see you later. I'm gonna go to Luby's, right? I mean, they're just, they don't care. But the Magi, their whole purpose in coming is to worship Christ, it's to worship Jesus. And so, Uh, we we see that the wise men are fulfilling this promise that's made in Jeremiah 29, 13. And it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me. Sometimes we we get mad at God. Sometimes we wonder what God was doing in a certain time and why he didn't come in and make it better. And, And here's the thing, Jeremiah 29, 13, at the very beginning, go ahead and throw that up there. Uh, Ryan, says, when you seek me, when you seek me, we are created to have an active role in the process. And yes, sometimes that means we travel hundreds of miles to commune with God. But this is our role. They are having fun over there. Um, Matthew 2, uh, Matthew uh, verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me uh, so that I may too go and worship him. It's just a big lie. Uh, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So they go, they rejoice. They are so excited. They've gone hundreds of miles. They finally come to the king. They're pumped about it. Um, And this helps us also to understand how much time has passed because it says they came to the house. So they're not in the barn or or the cave or wherever Jesus was born anymore. Surely somebody that night when Jesus was born uh, said, oh my gosh, somebody just had a baby. Let's give our room up, right? Or maybe the census is over and everybody's gone home so rooms are available. Um, But they're overwhelmed with emotion and they fall on their faces and they worship Jesus with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, gold we know. Frankincense, the, the the purpose is in the the name itself, incense. And myrrh is um myrrh is is a is a sap basically that is kind of scraped off of a tree, and it's a gum resin. And they use it to prepare a, a body for for burial. It's used for perfume, as we we sang in the song too. But it's mainly used for perfume for the body, And so uh, this, is, this is, you know, not a fun gift that you want to bring to a newborn king, but it was so appropriate because of Christ on the cross. And so within the text, we, we see too that there's only two kings that are mentioned, Jesus and Herod. One's granted the title, and the other one was born the king. So verse 13, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He's used to this by now. any time they dream, it's like an angel comes, right? I, I, I eat Cheerios late at night, and I have weird dreams, but he has good ones. When, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt where they stayed, where he stayed until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet: "Out of Egypt I called my son." And that's a, that's quoting Hosea 11.1. 1. It says, "When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son." So we see these prophecies being fulfilled, and this prophecy ties back to to Egypt and and back when the Israelites were slaves and. And Moses is called, is called to be the leader and calls him out. But in 16, um, we see Herod gets mad. It says, When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So a lot of time has gone by, apparently. And then it says... Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Herod is a stinking madman. I mean, he has just gone ballistic when he learns that the wise men didn't come back to, to talk to him. And so he, the grammar indicates that Herod loses all control that he just loses, he's in a rage, a blinding rage. Matthew 19, chapter 2, verse 19. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Don't you wish you would have these dreams, right, instead of the Cheerios chasing you? Um, and said, nobody else has those? And said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. So, like father, like son, son took over, right? And So he didn't want to go back to that. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, He will be called A Nazarene. So we have Jesus. He's called Jesus of Galilee. This is why. He's called a Nazarene. This is why. And we see Herod's days are numbered. Every tyrant has an end to their reign eventually. We saw that with Saddam Hussein. We saw that with, uh, what was his name in Egypt? Mubarak. Right? We see these guys. And they're so evil and so mean. And they have an expiration date. And Herod the appointed king of the Jews, is dead. And he leaves this horrible heritage. But Jesus, the one born king of the Jews, he's going to have a very different legacy. So, let me conclude with my poem. And Herod, he lost all he controlled. His name is lost to the centuries old. He thought his reign would last forever and a day. Instead, he's got just two lines in the children's church play. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow or another. It came just the same. King Herod eventually loses everything that he controls. King Jesus was, is, and always will be in control of all. And one day Jesus is coming back, right? The second advent. And we can't stop Christmas from coming, and we can't stop his second coming either. And so, I want to challenge us, and I want to close with this. I want to challenge us to approach the Christ of Christmas not just at Christmas time, but every day, just as the wise men did. Don't don't be Filled with fear. Don't be filled with trouble. Don't be worried about what you can hang on to. And your power and all of this stuff. Don't be indifferent either. Whatever. I mean engage with Christ. Seek Him. Worship Him. And bow down before Him. And instead of gold. God all throughout scripture. Especially the Old Testament. God says, I don't care about your gold, I don't care about your jewels, I don't care about any of that, I care about your heart, and I care about your life. So instead of gold and frankincense and myrrh, offer to Him every day your life as a gift worthy of the King of Kings. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank You for Your Son, and we thank You for the the birth of a Savior. We thank you for the the death of our Savior. I wish that my sin had never put him there, and all at the same time, I'm so thankful that that he died for me, that you died for me, Jesus, and that not only did you die for me, but you defeated the sin and, and rose and are alive today and so Father, we ask that you will Work in our hearts, make us alive. May we worship you, may we seek you with all of our hearts. May we not be indifferent and just live life and go through the motions and the routine. May we, may we honor you with our lives. And we ask this in Jesus, your wonderful, holy, and crucified name, amen.